Tonight, Kathleen Kennedy re-ups, Dorn speaks up about Discovery's Klingons, and Toys R Us is rising from the grave on this edition of Multiverse Tonight! There are many universes out there. Welcome to the one with news about all the others. This is Multiverse Tonight. Now, here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, welcome. I'm Thomas Townley. Welcome to Multiverse Tonight. And we're now in double digits, episode number 10. You know, I began the show only four months ago, but it feels like years. Really, years. Um, I'd like to say a special thanks to you, the listener, for coming, coming here. And if you're brand new, let me boil down what I do here. Multiverse Tonight is a geek news podcast that comes out about every other week. There are five segments to the show. Uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, DC, Marvel, and Geek News. And I'd like to remind you that over on our Twitch channel, I've been playing Star Trek Online. And just to shake things up, I've been playing some of The Sims 4 as well. Now feel free to uh, join me, usually late Sunday or Monday nights. And if you're a player of Stowe, please feel free to join me and join our fleet. Just search for Multiverse tonight. Now, I've told you all about our affiliate links on Amazon. Well, if I, I want to really keep that affiliate link, I need to show a few sales. So just help me out. Go to multiversetonight.com and click on the link in the sidebar of the homepage. We also have links for mycomicshop.com and rifttracks.com. And I now have a tea public store if you want to buy some swag and help promote the show. Also, if you'd like to contribute directly, like my good friend Anne, Either go to my code-fee or Patreon donation page. You can find those links on the website as well. Thank you, and let's get on with the news. Now, we begin with uh, Star Trek news with some behind-the-scenes news. The Hollywood Reporter has revealed that Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy will remain with the Force for at least the next three years. Kennedy, who has watched over Lucasfilm after it was purchased by Disney from George Lucas in 2012, has seen four new Star Wars films that have grossed nearly $4.5 billion at the global box office. With our merchandising and licensing as well, that has brought up billions more dollars for uh, the mouse's wallet. Her watch hasn't been without controversy, however, as the situation and subsequent failure of Solo at the box office and her firing of directors on Rogue One and Episode Nine hasn't won her any friends. Disney's reaction to the reactions on The Last Jedi and Solo was a change in strategy that saw a slowdown of movie content with the Star Wars uh, one-off stories being dropped for now and a new potential trilogy being commissioned from Ryan Johnson. It looks like Lucasfilm will be trying out more new stuff on the television level with Jon Favreau's live-action series and the new Clone Wars and Resistance animated series. And speaking of Favreau and his new series, MakingStarWars.net 
is reporting that the still unnamed series has been filming and the site showcased some photos from the set taken from a long distance away. The scuttlebutt is that the show will be about the Mandalorians after the fall of the Empire, some three years after Return of the Jedi, and will take place in familiar locales like Mandalore and Tatooine. And just this past weekend, we got confirmation that, will, that it will be uh, called the Mandalorian. So, yeah, good news there. We don't know uh, whom Dominic Monaghan will be playing in Episode 9, but we now know how long he'll be seen. He told the Distraction Podcast, quote, Director J.J. Abrams is a friend of mine, and he said to me that at some point I'd get the opportunity to read the script. He told me, just be aware of the fact that there are massive sequences in Act 2, that are ma that are, and there are massive sequences in Act 3, but because we're shooting Act 1 first, I've put you in there, and you seem to not be around for much of Act in Act 2 or Act 3, but that's because that's what we're doing first, so I want you here. I want you invested. So read the script, but just know there won't, won't be long until there will be a redraft of those things, and we'll see you a little bit more. So I read it, and the script is amazing, and obviously there isn't a lot I can say." Unquote. One of the big moments of The Last Jedi was Leia's demotion of hotshot pilot Poe Dameron after he disobeyed orders. Well, the final issue of the Star Wars Poe Dameron comic, he may have obtained some redemption. During a conversation with Leia, Poe makes the case that they need more help and that his, his actions are worth the risk. She finally agrees and reinstates him to Commander. This Could this mean that in Episode 9, Poe will settle down in a to, a to a leader and not just another cocky flyboy? And speaking of comic books, Star Wars Resistance will see its own co companion series. The German site, Jedi Bibliothek, reports that Star Wars artist Ingo Romling, speaking at Norris ForceCon, revealed that he was working on the new comic. Romling couldn't reveal much about the project, but was very enthusiastic about the designs of the series. He also said that this would feature very anime-inspired designs and will be different from the ones IDW will be bringing to Star Wars Adventures in November. According to a new study abstract by UCLA professor, uh, UCLA doctor, doctoral candidate Morton Bay, most of the Twitter hate about The Last Jedi was done by bots. His study claims, quote, that, will it, that while it was only a minority of Twitter accounts that tweet negatively about The Last Jedi, organized attempts at politicizing the pop culture discourse on social media for strategic purposes are significant enough that users should be made aware of these measures so they can act accordingly, unquote. His paper, called Weaponizing the Haters, the Last Jedi, and the strategic pop pol politicization of pop culture through social media manipulation shows that 50.9% of people negatively tweeting about the movie were, quote, politically moved or not even human, unquote. A number of these users appeared to be Russian trolls. Morton even found that the overall backlash against the movie wasn't even the great that great, with only 21.9% of the tweets analyzed being negative to begin with. It just goes to show, it's not hate, it's Twitter trolls. Now, let's get on to some Star Trek news. 
We got evidence from Patrick Stewart on Twitter that he and the writer's room are hard at work on the first season of the still untitled Picard series. Star Trek The Retired Generation sounds about right. Can't, can we agree on that? That would make a good title? The Retired Generation? Uh, in the X-Men films, Patrick played Professor X before handing the reins over to James McAvoy, who played Professor X in the past. Now, McAvoy has offered his services to play young Picard if the need arises. He posts on Instagram, quote, Need a flashback guy? Just saying that, Sir Pat Stew. I've got previous experience, and I will work for autographs, unquote. You might be kidding, but wouldn't it be great to see what would be some of the great, greatest stunt casting in history? And speaking of actors who want to be on stage with Patrick Stewart in the new series, Rosario Dawson, who has starred in tons of genre shows from the Netflix Marvel, show, Marvel series to Men in Black 2 to Clerks 2, has expressed an interest in being in, being in the, sh the show. Speaking at the Tribeca TV Festival, Dawson said, quote, I grew up loving Star Trek, and I'm still waiting for my holodeck, unquote. Dawson said by inverse, quote, My favorite is Next Generation because of Jean-Luc Picard. If they need a Klingon for the new series, well, have you seen my new five head? Unquote. She also said that, quote, I love Star Trek because I always marveled at the idea of a world without capitalism. Unquote. Well, I hope she does do a Klingon. It's but the Worf kind, not the Discovery kind. And we have some more new more on the show from New York Comic Con. Speaking of the Trek movie at the con, Epps Alex Kurtzman and Heather Kadeen said that the plan for the Picard show is an ongoing series running multiple seasons. The show is expecting to begin filming in April of 2019. However, they couldn't say when the show would be released. However, it follows the same pattern as if it follows the same pattern as Discovery, it wouldn't debut until early 2020. During the Discovery panel, Kurtzman said that they are four weeks in in the writing. And uh, speaking of Klingons, the world's best known Klingon portrayer, Michael Dorn, has weighed in on the Discovery version of Klingons. Speaking to the audience at the Rose City Con, alongside with Gates McFadden and Marina Sirtis, he said, In a general sense, in every iteration of Star Trek, outside of Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and all those Klingons, the producers were trying to make it their own and put their own stamp on the Klingons. So they decided, we're going to do something different than everybody else. I think that is what they came up with for Discovery. There is no rhyme or reason to it, or to any of the stuff. So I think it's just a matter of that they want to put a stamp, unquote. He also said that he doesn't envy the actors who have to put on that makeup, quote, I am actually really glad that I am not in that makeup, because if you go online and look up YouTube of Mary Chifo, just a wonderful sweetheart, but what they do to that poor girl is mind-boggling. There are three makeup artists working the whole time on her. I mean, it's okay. It's just in their iteration, unquote. So my guess is that the, if they ever did do do a Star Trek Worf series, they couldn't convince him to update Worf to the Discovery version of Klingons. And I al as I also mentioned, Marina Sirtis was also at that Rose City Con, and she admitted that she hasn't watched Discovery, explaining that, quote, 
If CBS thinks I'm going to pay to watch Star Trek, they are demented. I will wait until I go to England and watch it on Netflix, which I pay for anyway, unquote. And thank you. I don't think I have anything to add, to add to this. I'm just going to put it down over here and let it sit. Moving on, according to Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld, Mission Impossible movie director Christopher McQuarrie would like to helm Star Trek. Liefeld tweeted out, Chris McQuarrie would love a shot at Star Trek. Yeah, give it to me. Would rather would prefer a movie rather than television, unquote. The future of Star Trek movies is still currently in doubt, with Star Trek IV negotiations at a standstill with the Chris's. Maybe it's time to check the JJ-verse and start the Macquarie-verse? Hmm, just saying. The new trailer for Discovery was released at New York Comic Con, and I must say, I am intrigued. There was a lot more detail about this season's plot, as well as our first views of number one and a bearded Spock. I'll have a link to it in our show notes. IDW is bringing together the crew from TOS, TNG, DS9, and Voyager in an expansive Star Trek miniseries in 2019. Here's the official synopsis. When the dispute between godlike beings threatens the, threatens the galaxy, we'll take all of Starfleet's best captains to stop them. James T. Kirk, Jean-Luc Picard, Catherine Janeway, and Benjamin Sisko must go head-to-head in a competition rigged by the Arian Q and his nigh-omnipotent cohorts. It's being written by a team of of Scott and David uh, Tipton, and art by David Messina. Now, I would venture, uh, if you notice here, that there is no uh, Captain Archer or Captain from Discovery. And it says, Starfleet's best captains. I'm just, I'm just going to put it right right here. Now, let me uh, take a drink of water for, and while you listen to this message about the Radio Public app. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way to support the show is to listen with Radio Public. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app for iPhone and Android means that we make money so this show can grow. There's a link to our show in the episode notes. Give it a try today. Thanks, me. Now, uh, ton of, er, now let's switch over to DC Comics news. There's a ton of casting news to go over from the Distinguished Competition as it ramps up production for its streaming services, service shows and new movies. Warner Brothers has cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress, in the upcoming Birds of Prey movie. She spoke to People TV about it. Quote, I got the call when I was at the airport to come, he- come here yesterday, so it's super recent, but for the past couple of weeks, I've been talking about it with the director and going in and meeting with different people involved with the project, so becoming more and more familiar with it. It was great to get, I'm really, really excited to get to learn how to use a bow and arrow, unquote. It should probably be noted that the character doesn't use a bow and arrow, she uses a crossbow, but... Yeah, she's probably new to the character, so we'll let that one slide. And joining Mary Elizabeth will be Rosie Perez, who will be playing Renee Montoya. Anyway, 
During a screening of their new Titan series at New York Comic Con, fans were surprised by a released by by the release of an upcoming Harley Quinn animated series starring the Big Bang Theory star Kelly Cuoco as Harley Quinn. Kelly will be the fiftieth fifteenth uh, person to voice the character, which was originated on Batman the Animated Series by Arlene Sorkin. Also announced for Doom for for this for uh release doom patrol is former star is the former star of white collar matt boomer who will join the series as negative man a side note during the q a for titans fellow doom patrol cast me- fellow doom patrol cast member uh, told the audience in attendance that the series would debut on dc universe on december 12th warner brothers quickly retracted that and state what was set to debut in 2019 Moving on to Swamp Thing, actress Jennifer Beals has been added to the cast and will play the role of the completely original character, Sheriff Lucilia Cable. The character is described by DC as, quote, tough as nails and pragmatic. Sheriff Lucilia Cable's fierce devotion to her son, Matt, is rivaled only by her sworn duty to protect and serve the, pr- and protect and serve the town of Morasses. Maris, excuse me. As a community, she wa- has dedicated her life to defending and is, and is beset by strange forces. Lucilia must double down in her efforts to safeguard everyone she holds dear. I wonder if that will make her the anchor character that a lot of the show will revolve around. I guess we'll see. On to Sci-Fi's Krypton, we know we have an actor for the role of Lobo, as has been announced that Irish actor Emmett Scanlon will show up as the intergalactic bounty hunter. This is not the first time for for in a role like this, as he has been in Guardians of the Galaxy as played Detective Jim Corrigan in two episodes of DC of uh, the NBC first se- first season of Constantine. Too bad we never got to see him become the Spectre. Shazam! Damn, still no lightning. Director David Sandberg has announced that there will be less than 20 post-credit stinger scenes. The director left that as a response to a fan on an Instagram post. What number do you think will be? Pick your number and let me know. Zack Snyder had a plan for Batman, a deadly one. Replying to a post by a fan on the social media app Vero that showed Superman carrying Batman's body with a caption, what we quote what we may have seen in the five story arc unquote Snyder replied with a simple but cryptic quote unquote of course unquote this leads to speculation that Batman's death could have possibly been the outcome of bat of Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie now as we said Constantine will be returning to network TV albeit in an animated form the CW yes that's right the CW, will air the CW seed animated movie City of Demons as Constantine, the legend continues, after the season premiere of Arrow on Monday, October 15th. The special will be hosted by Constantine himself, Matt Ryan, and will include a special preview of the upcoming season of Legend of Tomorrow, which returns to the CW the following week on the 22nd. Now let's go to some Marvel news. 
The Venom stands alone. Although there were initial attempts to attach the Spider-Man-less Venom to the MCU, Venom producer Matt Tolmach told Latino Review Media that the first film in the SUMC is a standalone. Quote, The truth is, we, we set out to make a standalone movie. It is a standalone Venom movie. Unquote. He went on to say that though the opportunities for storytelling were wide open, they just wanted to make a film about Eddie, Eddie Brock and Venom. However, he didn't close the door for anything in the future. Quote, it's a standalone, but we can do lots of things, and we'll see there, see where the next story takes the, this. Unquote. So perhaps someday we might see Venom return to the MCU. The sudden release of the trailer for Dark Phoenix left some wondering why the sudden release. Variety may have found out why. The trailer, while it mixed interest from fans in the United States, did extremely well in China. So Fox has changed its release date to June 7, 2019, so it could gain more premium theaters and take advantage of the China response. This is the second release date delay for the X-Men-less X-Men film. Originally, it had been slated for this November and then was moved to Valentine's Day 2019. So given that Fox now has plenty of time to get this film right, will it be a winner? What do you think? By the way, also getting a change of date is Gambit, which is getting pushed back by nearly a year from November 7th, 2019 to sometime in March 2020. The film, which still has Channing Tatum attached to it as the energy-throwing mutant, is still in development, but we have yet to hear about directors. Hmm. Probably the reason it's getting pushed back is I wonder if it'll survive once Disney has its hands on 20, 20th Century Fox. Inquiring minds want to know. Now, speaking of Venom, Venom star Reed Scott, who plays Dr. Dan Lewis in the movie, was asked by comicbook.com if he liked to play Mr. Fantastic. And although Reed Richards was, quote, one of his favorites, unquote, he said I, he would rather work for the brand of Superman. Quote, I still like Plastic Man because he's just so silly and out there. And because he was a thief. He was a pickpocket. He's got this checkered past and stuff like that. I tend to like characters that go through some sort of accident. I've always been sort of fascinated by that. I used to love Swamp Thing and Toxic Avenger and stuff like that. But Plastic Man was just so freaking weird, man. He was cool. Unquote. You know... I love Plastic Man, and given that Shazam is looking like it's got a sense of humor, perhaps Warner Brothers could actually pull this one off. Come on, Warner Brothers. Take the bait. Has Chris Evans officially, shut, officially put down the shield? The Captain America star took to Twitter to announce that he's finished the still-untitled Avengers 4. Quote, Officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an emotional day to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor. To everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience, thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. Unquote. So I guess we'll have to wait for the movie to be sure. Hmm. Tessa Thompson's portrayal of Valkyrie was one of the big characters in Thor Ragnarok. However, she wasn't seen anywhere in Infinity War. 
So did Valkyrie meet a similar fate as the Asgardian? Or was she disintegrated by Thanos' snap? Tess, replying to the question on Twitter, replied, quote, No, she's in one piece and thriving. That's been confirmed by co-director Joe Russo at a Q&A at the University of Iowa. He told them that several escape pods were dispatched before the Battle of Thanos, and most likely she was in one to help protect the civilians. So perhaps we'll see her in Avengers 4. A leaked video from the set of Spider-Man Far From Home seems to confirm that Jake Gyllenhaal will portray the Spider-Man villain Mysterio. And on the Netflix front, Leslie Ann Warren is joining the cast of, Dead, of Daredevil for the third, third season, which debuts on the streaming service on October 19th. She will be playing Mrs. Falb, who is described as a woman of high morals and steely resolve, who is uncompromising in her beliefs, and if it me even if it means making powerful enemies. And I know what you're saying, where's the comic news? Well, here you go. Captain Marvel is getting a new ongoing series. The series, which debuts in January, will come from writer Kelly Thompson, artist Carmen Canero, colorist Tamara Bonvillain, and editors Sarah Bronsted and Will Moss, and will come after a reworked origin story in the Life of Captain Marvel miniseries, which is out now. Now let's look at some geek news. The film adaptation of Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, has added Bruce Greenwood in the role of Dr. John. He joins Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance, who will be up against Rose the Hat, played by Rebecca Ferguson, the head of a cult that feeds off the energy created by those with The Shining. Dr. Sleep will be out in theaters on January 24th, 2020. And if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, I'm sure you're sad that Andrew Lincoln is leaving the show. Even Norman Reedus tried to talk him out of it. Quote, he told me like ages in advance, and of course, I tried to talk him out of it. And move your family to New York. I'm in New York. You know, it's an hour and a half. I did all the tricks, but I understand why he left. You know, I get it. I totally get it. He had two kids, and you live a million miles away. Unquote. Warner Brothers has tapped Portlandia director and co-creator Jonathan Kersel to direct a new live-action Sesame Street movie, and it will be a musical. Warner Brothers will be co-finance co it with MGM. The film is not a certainty, however, but the fact that it's got director puts it one step closer. Netflix has a new slate of new sci-fi shows. First up is, an, is October Faction. The show follows two monster hunters, Fred and Dolores Allen, who, having traveled the world tracking down monsters, return to their hometown in New York. They are joined by their two teenagers, Jeff and Viv. Fred and Dolores discover the town is not so peaceful, however, so they have to clean the town while staying undercover. The show will have a 10-episode season, and its premiere date has yet to be announced. The next on the list is The Eye Land. I'm guessing this is not a show about the letter I. The show opens with 10 people who awaken on a dangerous island with no memory of who they are or how they got there. Before long, they discover that the world they are inhabiting is not what it seems. 
the group will have to rise to the occasion and be better version of themselves or die being the worst. The Island will star Natalie Moritz Martinez, Kate Bosworth, and Alex Pet Pettifer. The series will have seven episodes. And last is Warrior Nun. The show follows a 19-year-old woman who wakes up in a morgue, given a new lease on life, and a divine artifact embedded in her back. She now fights demons on behalf on Earth on behalf of an ancient order. Meanwhile, forces from heaven and hell are trying to find her so they can take control of her. Slayed for 10 episodes for the first season, this show comes from showrunner Simon Berry. Meanwhile, over at Hulu, they have picked up Crossing Swords from John Havertine, the fourth, and Tom Root, the executive producer behind Robot Chicken. Hulu's original 10-episode animated series will debut on the platform in 2020. Crossing Swords stars Nicholas Holt as Patrick, a peasant, who gets a squire position at the castle. The job soon turns out to be a nightmare when he learns that the kitchen that the king excuse me, that the kingdom is run by sex crazed monarchs, crooks, and charlatans. To top that off, Patrick's valor makes him the black sheep of his family, and now his criminal siblings have returned to make his life a living hell. Crossing Swords will feature the voice talents of Luke Evans, Seth Green, Tony Hale, Wendy McClendon Covey, Brecken Meyer, Adam Paley, Adam Ray, Tara Strong, and Elena Ubak. A Stranger Things prequel novel will be released in February of 2019. The novel, called Stranger Things Suspicious Minds, will center around Dr. Martin Brenner and Terry Ives. The novel centers around, quote, Eleven's mother and her time as a test subject in the MK Ultra program, which the series has only begun to scratch the surface on, unquote. The book is a collaboration between Netflix and Del Rey, and is expected to be the first in a series of novels from Stranger Things. Friday the 13th screenwriter, Victor Miller, has won in a legal battle over the franchise. Miller sued over the rights to the movie, and after a trial was given, summary judgment, the judge's ruling is that Victor Miller is an independent contractor and not an employee, of the producers at the time of the writing. There could still be future legal battles over the character of Jason, as the character that Miller created was a young boy who drowned, and not the adult monster that appears in sequels afterwards. I'll have a link to the article about, about it from The Hollywood Reporter in the show notes, so, the, so you can read this for yourself. It is fascinating reading. Speaking of things that have come back from the dead, Toys R Us is coming back. The company, which recently went uh, went under chap went under uh, bankruptcy, has canceled the bankruptcy auction that would have sold off the brand name and intellectual property rights. According to the Wall Street Journal, the controlling lenders of the company decided to change course and announced that they will try to revive the chain using the Toys and Babies R Us names. According to the company's filing in court, they explained that while they did get qualified bids. They decided that reorganization, reorganization was the best use for the assets. They also cited recovery to creditors and benefits to stakeholders as reasons for the change of heart. So I guess we'll be Toys R Us kids again soon. According to Variety, a live-action Mega Man film is in development at 20th Century Fox, 
Capcom is working with Sheridan Entertainment and Masioka in on the movie with Catfish's Henry Yuse and Ariel Shulman, who will write and direct. Blade Runner 2049 screenwriter Michael Green will partner with Mike Johnson to pen an in-canon Blade Runner comic series for Tight Comics and Alcon Media Group. Michael Green said, quote, Every iteration of the Blade Runner world throws the window open a little wider. Mike and I can't wait to see what we find in outside. Unquote. The new series is part of a new line of comics and graphic novels by Alcon and Titan, which will be canon to the classic sci-fi world. Now, some sad news. Batman artist and Ultraverse co-creator Norm Brayfogle has passed away on September 26th. He had a long career working for DC, where the revitalized Detective Comics, alongside, alongside Alan Grant, he also worked on titles like Shadow of the Bat, Batman Holy Terror, Batman Beyond Unlimited, and Batman Birth of the Demon. He also worked at Marvel, where he co-created Ultraverse and helped launch Prime. He also worked on Avengers, Black Cat, Hellcat, Marvel Fanfare, and Moon Knight. He also did some work for Archie, First, and Image Comics. Norm Brayfogle was beloved by the fans and co-workers, and they came to his aid after he suffered a stroke in 2014, donating nearly $90,000 to help cover his medical bills. DC, Marvel, and the Hero Initiative also offered him aid. Norm Brayfogle was 58. Will Vinton, known for claymation and his distinctive waxed mustache, has passed away after a long 12-year battle with multiple myeloma on October 4th. Will was the founder of Will Vinton Studios in Oregon and was called the godfather of Portland animation. He began his career as a former architectural student. He recruited others and began shooting miniatures. In 1975, he won an Oscar for the animated short film Closed Mondays. In the 80s and 90s, his Wolverine Studios became the largest stop-motion studio in the United States. In 1986, he was hired by SunMade and the California Raisin Advisory Board to animate the California Raisins, characters that became so popular. They even had a primetime special on CBS in 1988 and a follow-up special in 1990 called The Raisins, sold out the California Raisins 2. By the end of the 90s, Vinton Studios was looking for more funds and brought in outside investors, including Nike owner Phil Knight. In 2002, however, Vinton lost control of the studio after Knight became the majority shareholder and forced him out. Will would later sue for damages and ownership of his name. The studio would then change its name to Leica. Vinton would later found a new production facility, Will Vinton's Free Will Entertainment, and he taught at the Portland branch of the Art Institutes. Will Vinton was 70 years old. And finally, we say goodbye to Walking Dead actor Scott Wilson, who passed away on October 6th from complications from leukemia. Scott is known by most fans for portraying Herschel Green on The Walking Dead from 2011 to 2014, and his character will show up again this season as well. A native of Georgia, his filmography is extensive, beginning with In the Heat of the Night and In Cold Blood in 1967. He's acted in such films as The Right Stuff, 
Young Guns 2 and The Last, the Last Samurai and The Heartbreak Kid, and also acted in an episode of The X-Files, nine episodes of CSI, five episodes of Damien, and six episodes of The Away. He is survived by his wife, Heavenly. Scott was 76 years old. And that's all the news for tonight. Wizard World is closing 2018 out strong with cons in Austin, Texas, Sacramento, California, and Madison, Wisconsin. Wizard World guests this year have included the Winter Soldiers, Sebastian Stan, Jason Aquaman Momoa, Ray Cyborg Fisher, and Ezra the Flash Miller in the Justice League movie, Dave Bautista and Tom Clemteef from Guardians of the Galaxy, Natalie Dormer and Sean Bean from Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings actors Billy Boyd and Sean Austin, and fan favorites like Michael Rosenbaum, Jules Satie, Charisma Carpenter, Henry Winkler, and many more. Use our coupon code MULTIVERSE at checkout for 20% off the cost of your tickets. Get your tickets today. Think of me. There are still a few Wizard World conventions left in, in, uh, in this, uh, actually one left in 2018. Uh, just use the code MULTIVERSE for 20% off admission at any 2018 Wizard World show. The final one on the schedule is Madison, Wisconsin at the end of November. Be sure to check out our social media, Twitter, at MultiverseTom, and on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please do so at ko-fi.com slash multiverse or on Patreon as well. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our, uh, our affiliate marketplace, show notes, and more. And if you're a subscriber, to uh, if, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Now, special thanks to Lobo Loco for our theme music. Thanks for watching Multiverse tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.